What's up, everyone? You're listening to Citywide Front Row. Citywide is a place for young adults in the DMV to connect and grow closer to Jesus. We hope you enjoy today's episode. What's up, Citywide? It's your boy, Kerry, and we're going to be going over our sermon series, answering this question, why would Jesus leave his disciples? And I mean, it's a valid question, right? Because it, he's the Messiah, he's comforting them, he's with them. So we're going to go from John 13 to John 14. I'm actually going to just give you kind of like a little bit of context from John 13, but we're going to spend much more time in John 14. So the context is Jesus is with 11 out of the 12 disciples. Judas had just left uh, to actually go betray him. So he was going to tell the Pharisees, hey, this is where Jesus is kind of thing. And, and so now Jesus is in Jerusalem in the upper room with the 11 disciples having the Passover meal. So once again, the question is, why would Jesus leave the disciples? And so through John 14, you're going to see some distinctive things that help us understand more about Jesus' mission, also more about his home place. And so let's just dive right in. So number one, why would Jesus leave his disciples? Well, he was going to leave for the sake of going back home for a family reunion. And so in verse 28, uh, Jesus says, you have heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you love me, you would be glad that I'm going to the father for the father is greater than I. So Jesus is plainly telling the 11 disciples, I'm going back to my father. And if you love me, you would be happy for me that I'm going away. So this goes right back to that point. This is a family reunion. Um, and then Jesus also gives them a second reason why he's going back home, which is to prepare a place for believers. So this is back in uh, all the way up in verse two to three. It says, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I would come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. So Jesus is plainly telling the disciples, hey, not only am I going for the sake of being with my father, but he's preparing a place for these 11 disciples. And it, it's not exclusive to them. It's, it includes us as well. But but not to mention, this is a this is a clear message that goes stems back from like Old Testament that there's going to be a place prepared for us believers. So, for instance, Psalms 27, 4. This is the psalmist that says, The one thing I ask for the Lord, the thing that I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. Psalm 17, 15 gives a very similar message. It says, Because I am righteous, I will see you when I awake. I will see you face to face and be satisfied. So once again, it just goes back to that, that point. Jesus is preparing a place for the disciples. And this was God's plan from the beginning that we'll be able to dwell with God, be in his presence. And so Jesus is making it clear to them during this Passover meal. Hey, guys, I'm going to go back home to be with my father and I'm preparing rooms for you. Second of all, why would Jesus leave his disciples? It was because he had come, he was completing his mission. So what was his mission? His mission was to be propitiation for our sin. Now, this is based off of 
uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, it just clearly paints that picture. It says, he became sin who knew no sin, that we might become righteous before God. So Jesus' specific, precise mission was to come to earth to be sacrificed for us, for our sins. And he was just short of completing that. As we know, there's the Passover meal. And then from there, he goes on this, this journey towards death where he has to carry a cross. And then he's, he's nailed on the cross. And then he's put in a grave. So Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, like, I'm just about done with my mission. And just to let you know, here, like, here's what it is. And then second of all, he's, he's also letting the disciples know that there's a next phase after his mission. And the next phase is an advocate will come for believers. So this is uh, verse 16 to 17a. It says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Now I'm going to jump down in verse 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Bam. Stop right there. So the Holy Spirit is coming. His mission is to teach truth, remind us of truth. Right there, you know, plain and simple. So Jesus was, he, he died so that way he could be propitiation, a sacrifice for our sins. Holy Spirit comes, teach us, remind us of truth. So it's it's kind of like passing off a baton from Jesus to the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit has a new role, new work to do. And Jesus has to leave so that the Holy Spirit can come and teach and remind of truth. And so... The next reason, Jesus died and left the disciples. He was, he was telling them this so that they could truly understand he is the Messiah. Verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's Jesus speaking to his disciples like, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He's just clearly distinguishing himself like I am not like I'm not a man like you guys. Like I don't have like, you know, the same kind of earthly agendas you have. Like, no, no, no. Like I am the bridge to heaven. Like I am the light of the world. Like everything revolves around me. And so, you know, you ask yourself like, man, like what a dramatic way for Jesus to like be talking. Not not to mention like exiting uh, from his disciples like, man. The Passover meal, you would think like, hey, let's just kind of talk about, hey, what what'd you like most about while I was on earth and stuff like that? And it's like, no, that wasn't Jesus' focus at all. And I'll take you down to verse 27. Um, and here's what Jesus' focus was. He says directly to them, verse 29, I have told you now before it happens so that when it happens, you will believe. And what is it that's about to happen? He's about to die. So he he's specifically telling them, hey, guys, I'm about to die. And I'm telling you now that I'm about to die so that you believe. But he's not only telling him he's going to die. He's telling him, like, I will come back. And he's doing all this just to reinforce the fact that he is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the spotless lamb. So I say this in, you know, this is an interesting story in and of itself. But it's like, man, what is, how does it practically apply to us modern day believers? Well, we have the same proposition. Jesus left to prepare a place for believers. And it wasn't just the 11 disciples. It also includes us. It includes everyone who believes in Jesus as Lord. 
And so you say, like, how do I know I'm a believer? Well, he says it in verse 15. He says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. That's that's who a believer is. It's a disciple who follows Jesus Christ. So we get that same proposition that when Jesus left to prepare a place for us too. He said in that verse earlier, in my father's house, there are many rooms. So it's not like there's like a limit and, you know, you got to hurry up the first 15, get like a, a discount code or something. It's like, no, no, no. There's many rooms in the father's house and the people that place faith in him, you automatically have a room. And so with the same proposition, we also have the same benefits that Jesus was talking about with his disciples. So with his disciples, he was saying there's going to be an advocate. Now, at the time when he was saying that the Holy Spirit hadn't come, but for us, we're in a different position where we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit did come on them as we see later in Acts. And so we have the Holy Spirit to teach us truth, remind us of truth, and then intercede on our behalf. This is such a powerful verse. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through worldless groans. So the Holy Spirit's teaching us, Holy Spirit's reminding us, and the Holy Spirit is interceding for us because we don't even know how to pray. So these unbelievable benefits we have because Jesus left the disciples. And then another benefit is, is salvation. So in, in a, on earth, we're talking about it from the, the framework of we have better aspirations. So we can literally wake up every day knowing and, and trusting and hoping that like life doesn't end like this. We can put our focus on treasures in heaven. Matter of fact, Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, like, what an internal salvation that is to know that I don't have to put my aspirations on, man, I have to get this this uh, career promotion. I have to get this specific kind of car and I have to make sure I have this specific kind of house so that I can like, you know, fit in, quote unquote, with everybody else. It's like, no, my aspirations is that I get to have a room in the, the Heavenly Father's house and I'll be able to spend time with Jesus and be at his feet. You know, like I like I was telling you, Earlier in uh, Psalms 27, verse 4, where the psalmist says, The one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. It's like, man, what an assurance that I can start focusing on that now, even while I'm on earth. You know, obviously, I still have to do, you know, my day-to-day -day things. But, man, that gives me a, a confidence that compares to nothing. But then, you know, talk about salvation from a heavenly perspective. Well, you know, Jesus said in John 5, 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. So we have that benefit of knowing that we have salvation, literal salvation, where we go up to heaven through Jesus. Romans 10, uh, 9 through 10 says, uh, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised them from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess 
and are saved. And then Revelations 3, 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. So the benefit of Jesus leaving is assurance for salvation, perspective on earth, a, a salvation perspective on earth, and then real salvation in heaven where you're with Jesus. You're, you're able to be with the one who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So think through those practical things. We have the same proposition as those, those disciples. We also have the same benefits, actually plus more because they didn't have the Holy Spirit at, at the time. My prayer is actually that even past Easter, that you still spend a lot of time just soaking your mind in thoughts of the gospel, thinking about who Jesus is, how he loves, because he truly does love, but he does call for strict allegiance. But he says, you know, if you obey me, you'll follow my commands. He says, you know, my road is narrow, but my burden is light. And it's, it's just so true on such a practical level. But catch is, you have to taste and see that the Lord is good. You have to taste it for yourself. You know, you can hear me saying it, but it's up to you to say, you know what? Let me carve out some personal time to spend with the creator of the world, the one that loves my soul, not, not just like what you have to provide, because we really have not that much to provide. Uh, we're sheep. That's what scripture describes us as. But we have a lover of our souls, and he wants that time with us. So I hope to encourage you in this. Peace out.